Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think things are better than, we've, than, we, than we're led to believe through you know, certain corners of the media. It can be very very worrying when you're sitting there and the only sort of information you're getting is from certain uh, news channels but then if you if you're out and about uh, or you're on the right platforms you can really sense this this human spirit coming to the forefront hi there you're listening to royals it's the only podcast that goes behind the walls of buckingham palace i'm your host for today zoe varel and i'm a writer about all things royal at new idea magazine and I'm Angela Mollard. I'm a writer, journalist, commentator, author and royal expert. And on today's show, we're going to be chatting all about Harry and Meghan's explosive text messages. We'll also be chatting their staggering press boycott. Prince Philip's kind message. And the Queen celebrates her 94th birthday. A bit of good news there at the end, Zoe. Exactly. Well, lots to talk about, as always. As always, I know. And yet again, it's Meghan and Harry in the limelight. Isn't it hilarious? Like there's been this massive Megxit. We're 21, 22 days into them being, you know, uh, no longer kind of working royals. And yet they captivate more headlines than they ever have. So let's get into that. This morning, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex cutting ties with British tabloids, announcing a policy of zero engagement in a letter to four publications, The Sun, Daily Mail, Mirror and Express, writing they refuse to offer themselves up as currency for an economy of clickbait and distortion. And today's big story, court documents reveal a series of text messages that Harry and Meghan sent to Thomas Markle. What do they say? Oh, look, this is really extraordinary, Zoe. The reason that we've seen these text messages between Harry and Meghan and Thomas Markle is that part of the legal case that Meghan is taking against the mail on Sunday for breach of copyright and privacy. But let's talk about the uh, text messages first. What they've done is that as part of these court documents, they've been showing the relationship between uh, Harry and Meghan and Thomas Markle. Now, this really shows that in the lead up to their wedding in May 2018, that Meghan and Harry were very much trying to reach out to Thomas Markle to get him on side, to take care of him. Of course, we remember that um, uh, he had that heart attack or he said he had that heart attack at that time. So look, some of the messages, I'll I'll, I'll just read them because I think they explain and uh, and illuminate more than I could ever say what exactly was going on at that time. So Harry, among his messages, is one that says, really need to speak to you. And can I just point out that Harry uses you, the letter you rather than Y-O-U in his text, which is um, very, <laughs> very millennial speak. And as a as a person who likes good grammar, Zoe, I'm not very impressed. But anyway, moving along, neither would the Queen be, by the way. Um, anyway, really need to speak to you, he says. You do not need to apologise. We understand the circumstances, but going public will only make the situation worse. Another text message, if you love Meg and want to make it right, please call me as there are two other options which don't involve you having to speak to the media who incidentally created this whole situation. And then a third text message, 
Oh, any speaking to the press will, in capital letters, backfire. Trust me, Tom, only we can help you as we have been trying from day one. Now, what I find extraordinary about this, Zoe, is that these messages indicate quite opposite to what Thomas Markle has always said. It was that, you know, there was no communication, that, um, you know, that they, they didn't care about him. That Meghan and Harry, try, short of actually getting on a plane and going over to Florida, they were absolutely trying to open communication to take care of him. I'll go on and read some of Meghan's messages because what they show is how hard Meghan and Harry tried to protect him, to give him some security backup, to make sure he didn't speak to the press. And this wasn't just self-serving. This was to show, you know, to, to protect him at a time when he was vulnerable. So Meghan's text messages say, we're very concerned about your health and safety and have taken every measure to protect you, but not sure what more we can do if you don't respond. Another one, Harry and I made a decision earlier today and are dispatching the same security guys you turned away this weekend to be a presence on the ground to make sure you're safe. And then a third one, please, please call as soon as you can. All of this is incredibly concerning, but your health is most important. Wow, it's so interesting, isn't it? Oh, incredibly so. It really illuminates that that they were trying very hard. Look, what I did find really interesting is that there was one detail, and that was that Thomas Markle actually called Megan on the morning of her wedding at 4.57 a.m., and she missed the call. Look, from my point of view, I think this shows that in some respects, Thomas Markle has been a liar and a hypocrite. You know, he hasn't fostered that relationship. Megan plaintively is um, is reaching out to him to to secure that relationship, to show that she loves him, to have him alongside her, if not in you know physically, then certainly in spirit as she was about to marry Harry. Look, whether or not the couple would have seen off this problem had they gone much, much earlier, months earlier in their relationship to go and actually visit Thomas Mark. I mean, and explained, Harry knows better than anyone how that relationship with the press is. It's a symbiotic uh, relationship. And if he had protected Thomas, had if he'd got him on side, if he'd respected him by actually meeting with him, we don't know, of course, whether or not he attempted to do that, whether he asked to go and visit him. But certainly what these text messages show is that there was a real intent from Meghan and Harry to have a close relationship with Thomas, to bring him into the fold, to um, share information with him and to make him feel that his health and his uh, vulnerability was something that was of concern to them. Yeah, exactly. And sort of a phone call, what, on your wedding day, it's a bit late, isn't it? Oh, uh, really late. I mean, you you know, Thomas is... uh, He and Samantha Markle, as you know, over many podcasts that we've done, Zoe, I don't have a lot of time or respect for either of them. They seem to have both of them used this as a money-making exercise and have absolutely sold Meghan out. At times, I've wondered, you know, as I said, whether Meghan and Harry should have just jumped onto a plane and actually gone and seen Thomas. And I think this is a problem with Meghan and Harry. They send out these missives, they use texts, they use letters, they use statements. But I'm just wondering, when you put yourself in front of somebody, you're actually saying, this matters to me. Can we resolve this? This is what I'd like us to do going forward. It's lovely. You know, in Harry's case, it's lovely to meet you. He's not met the man that she married. And I think it's really, 
I can see both sides, but I think these text messages particularly uh, sh definitely shed a new uh, light on the relationship. And the reason that we're just hearing about it now, incidentally, is because, of course, this case is before the High Court in London. Uh, it's going to be held uh, remotely. Uh, and th these make up part of Megan's um, legal case, not against Thomas, but against the Mail on Sunday. What they have sued for is breach of copyright and breach of privacy that in the newspaper publishing, if you remember that five-page handwritten letter that she sent to Thomas Markle. And this is, if you like, further evidence of the relationship that she tried to establish with her father. So this will go down. We don't know, obviously, what uh, Thomas Markle's contribution to this court case will be, because, of course, the defence is on behalf of the Mail on Sunday, not Thomas Markle himself. It's whether or not that newspaper breached uh, copyright by printing that letter. Yeah, and do you think there's any chance that we'd see Megan at court? Oh, no, no, not at all. I think this will all yeah. be done remotely. I don't, you know, this is the London High Court. It's starting this week, I believe, or whether or not that's it's just going to, that's presenting of information and that they will proceed with it. But it will, uh, whatever the outcome of this case, will be quite interesting because it will set a precedent as to, I mean, the Queen has taken copyright cases against the media before, as is Prince Charles, and they have won. So I'm not, you know, nobody knows what the outcome of this case might be. But um, what's interesting about it is that we're it's peeling back the layers of that relationship that we had previously been un, un, unable to see. Yeah, exactly. And this all comes just a day after Meghan and Harry announced an unprecedented press boycott. What can you sort of tell us about that? This is really staggering. In all my time reporting on the royals, uh, Zoe, and as you know, I lived in the UK for a decade and, and wrote for multiple newspapers from the Times down to uh, actually did a few shifts on the sun as it happens. So I worked across broadsheets and tabloid newspapers, the broadsheets being sort of um, what was the larger newspapers and, you know, seen by some to be um, the more authoritative. And yet the tabloids, of course, are, you know, are what people turn to for and they're accurate. What's staggering about this is it's almost as if Meghan and Harry have split the British media in half. They've said, yes, you nice broadsheets will continue to talk to you, you tabloids, including the Daily Mail, the Express, um, uh, the Sun and the Mirror, we're no longer going to talk to you. In fact, they said there will be no corroboration and zero engagement. They said this policy is not about avoiding criticism. It's not about shutting down public conversation or censoring accurate reporting. Media have every right to report on and indeed have an opinion on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, good or bad, but it can't be based on a lie. What they won't do, and this is the Duke, uh, Harry and Meghan, is offer themselves up as currency for an economy of clickbait and distortion. Obviously, multiple uh, outlets have come out and um, and responded to this. Buckingham Palace is said to be dismayed that they've made this move, particularly when the nation is focused on coronavirus. Right now, Harry and Meghan's representation in the press is not anybody's major concern. Right now, what people care about in Britain is that thousands are dying and that everybody, the royal family among them, are very much focused on those frontline workers, on being in lockdown, on isolation, on working together as as a country and as a community to to see off this virus. Now, this sort of petulant move by Harry and Meghan that that really comes at a particularly odd time. In fact, I think it comes because Harry spoke on a podcast at the weekend saying that uh, he considered that the um, that he sort of made the made the point that um, perhaps the coronavirus had been over-reported 
I think things are better than we've than, we, than we're led to believe through you know certain corners of the media. Now these comments were branded as outrageous by um, medical experts who said you know what are his qualifications for making these comments other than deserting his country in its hour of need? I mean it was a misguided statement to have made. I you know t- t- he's not qualified. He's not a scientist. He's not a medic and. You know, Harry really does have it in for the media. He's, um, you know, it's something that stresses him out more than anything. I know somebody that um, uh, that sort of secondhand but knows uh, had a meeting with Harry and he was through the whole meeting just tense and anxious about the media. Now, what's happened is that um, the Society of Editors in the UK have come out and said that the decision was a clear attempt to undermine certain sections of the UK media who often ask uncomfortable questions. Uh, Ian Murray said, although the Duke and Duchess say they support a free press, there is no escaping their actions here amount to censorship and they are setting an unfortunate examples. Um, by appearing to dictate which media they will work with and which they will ignore, they no doubt intentionally give succour to the rich and powerful everywhere to use their example as an excuse to attack the media when it suits them. Look, this is really interesting. Buckingham Palace are apparently stunned that they um, they had no idea that this was going to happen. And one palace insider has said that um, they've clearly not taken any of our advice. I've thought a lot about this. I understand what they're doing. Harry very much wants his family to be private. He wants Archie's life to be private. And as he has done multiple times, he's spoken about out about mistreatment of Meghan in the press. I don't think creating an all-out war between the Sussexes and the media is going to serve anyone well. It's not going to serve the print media well. It's not going to serve digital media well. But ultimately, it's not going to serve Harry well. I don't know why this couple didn't call up the editors of several Fleet Street newspapers, go in, meet with them or invite them to Frogmore Cottage, sit around and talk about what they needed, what the papers wanted, what they as a couple and as as members of the royal family required, what would make their lives easier. Communication is all of them, the royals, us media, everybody, we work in the business of communication. And as I said, I think this messaging, statements, texts are not serving anyone well. I've worked for lots of British newspaper editors. They would be curious to meet with this couple. They, you know, some of them would be flattered. The only way forward is actually to engage with the people who are causing you distress, put your point to them, discuss it, and work out a way forward. And if they had done that, if they'd been either had the nurse to do that themselves or uh, had the Queen's support in doing that, then I think they would have a far more favourable outcome. As it is, I really worry for Harry. I think I think um, Meghan is, is tough as nails, but Harry is vulnerable. We know he is. He's talked about it endlessly. Well, not endlessly. He, he, I'm, I'm glad he's talked about it. He's talked about his mental health issues. This only causes him stress. It's reactive. He's very reactive in his response. There needs to be a more considered approach. The fact is that people are going to be interested in this couple for the rest of their lives, and it would serve media outlets and the royals far better if they were to sit down and work out a way and some parameters about what they're happy with. Now, the royal rotor system is is set up to do that. Prince Harry and Meghan are happy, uh, have been unhappy with that. But there is a middle ground. There's always a middle ground. They needed to bring in mediators and discuss it or to at least try. If it didn't work, 
fine, walk away, boycott the media, no problem. But to not try when you are a public figure and you actually need some of that um, media support to publicise the very good things that you do, I think it's tremendously short-sighted. Oh no, but there's so much to talk about in this oh, situation today. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it, and it's not just Zoe, I'm sure you'd agree with me. It's not just because we're members of the press. It's because, you know, this role, like a lot of, and you know, I'm not saying suggesting the celebrities, but transparency works really well in this new environment where a lot of people in the public eye have their own social media platforms to announce things. There's this real sort of egalitarian um method of communicating now anyone that likes them can shoot down any story via their own social media so there's this transparency that we've never seen before and yet old um, traditional media have still have tremendous sway and power they still do enormous good in the world and as I say I just think it's a foolhardy for, for Harry to effectively start a war with the media over this it you know it, it I know it sounds childish and petulant, but the the moment that you sort of, um, you know, start sparring, um, your your opponent's going to start sparring back with you, and that's that's not going to serve anyone well, as I say. Yeah, exactly, and that's not what any of us really want to see happen in the future with them. Oh, and, and it's perfectly possible that they could be protected. You know, it's an imperfect relationship. Nobody's ever going to be entirely happy, but I can see one where it's uh, mutually beneficial and where there's greater communication between the two sides. Yeah, well, this sort of all comes off the back of Megan giving an interview as well to the media, doesn't it, to coincide <laughs> with right. her elephant documentary. I've been very lucky to be able to have hands-on experience with elephants in their natural habitat. When you spend time connecting to them and the other wildlife, you really understand we have a role to play in their preservation. That's right, Zoe. This has all come off the back of, uh, we thought that she was going to do an interview with Good Morning America. And of course, this interview is with them. Um, but it's not about her life. It's just to coincide with her elephant documentary. In fact, it was recorded a year ago uh, when she was doing the project with Disney. Interesting that it's come out two weeks after the documentary has hit screens. And look, she talks about elephants and how elephants and humans aren't that different. And she's, you know, she has a really deep love of animals and and uh, about protection of of animals. It's it's very important to her. Look, I would say. She's no Sir David Attenborough in her approach. I, I would say that it's all a bit breathy and, um, and indulgent. But look, to be honest, any work that the royals do to protect certain species around the planet is, is a fantastic thing. It's great that she's given an interview. Will we see the full Oprah-style sit-down? Oh, my gosh, Zoe, I was talking about that on television. And if they were to sit down and do a, a you know an interview right now, I just think it would be the worst thing in the world. It would be utterly foolhardy. There's been talk and rumours that they're going to do it. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. They need to be doing exactly what they are doing, which is, as we've seen, they've been delivering food in um, to um, to apartment building buildings in LA with, the, with their masks on. And, they were, you know, they didn't publicise it. It was caught on security cameras. I think that's exactly what they need to be doing, working behind the scenes, um, not self-promoting, trying to keep as low a profile as possible. But, of course, as everything we've just spoken about, that's um, that's not actually happening, is it? Oh, yeah, exactly. And I totally agree with you. I don't think it would be a smart idea for a big sit-down interview, but, boy, would I love to see it. 
<laughs> oh, I know. I know. Wouldn't you be the love to be the person that, that did it? But oh gosh, it, it, I think that in some time, I think they will do it. I think they will. And I think they'll donate the proceeds. It's been touted that they would get a million dollars. I think it could be even more for such an interview. But I think they would donate that money to charity. But gosh, they would have to be incredibly careful about what they what they said. Moving on, cheerier news. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Prince Philip's released a message, hasn't he? That's right. We haven't heard from Prince Philip, I think, since quite honestly, a long time. Zoe, I think it's since he had that car accident, remember? I think yes. that's the last time we, we last heard from Prince Philip. Anyway, he has. So the Queen's husband, 98-year-old Prince Philip, he's 99 in June. He has uh, issued a rare public statement uh, wanting to thank um, those that are helping with the coronavirus crisis. He said, I wanted to recognise the vital and urgent work being done by so many to tackle the pandemic by those in the medical and scientific professions at universities and research institutions. I also wanted to thank all key workers who ensure the infrastructure of our life continues, the staff and volunteers working in food production and distribution, those keeping postal and delivery services going, and those ensuring the rubbish continues to be collected. I love that. <laughs> the man who's never put out a, a bin in his life. I mean, here's the rest of us getting dressed up to put our bins up because it was our only kind of outdoor experience. Uh, I love the fact that he's uh, thanking rubbish bin collectors. And what a lovely thing to do, isn't it? I just thought of, you know, there are certain elements of um, life that just have to continue and uh, and it's lovely that he's recognised. Exactly. I agree with you there. It's so sweet. And good on him for, you know, we've now heard from the Queen, Philip, Charles, Camilla um, and the Cambridges, the even Fergie, you know, Fergie and Andrew have been doing their bit. The Wessexes, uh, Sophie and Edward have been doing their bit. I, you know, it's really lovely to see the Royals front and centre uh, of uh, the, you know, the, the pandemic effort. This is what they do best. This is they offer stability and certainty. And uh, I think uh, every time one of them says anything gives people hope and encouragement. Yeah, it certainly does just that. And we know that one royal has revealed how her husband's spending his time in lockdown. <laughs> That's right. Zara Phillips, or Zara Tyndall, she's obviously <laughs> married to uh, Mike Tyndall, the former rugby international. She was on a um, in an Instagram chat with a couple of friends of theirs, and um, this, this was broadcast. And uh, the friend said that her husband had been spending 12 hours a day on Xbox. And Zara said, yes, so is, you know, mine's always on the Xbox. And he's because he can't play golf, he's always playing online golf. To which um, <laughs> Mike Tindall replied that his wife had actually taught him now how to fully uh, tack a horse to go. And there was so much work involved. As we know, Zara, like her mother, is a keen equestrian and, and horsewoman. But it sounds like until now, Mike Tindall hasn't actually had to get his hands dirty in the stables. But now that he's got nothing else to do except play golf, online she's obviously commissioned him to uh, to help her out uh, in mucking out the horses so love that it was very funny <laughs> and it's very much I think my boyfriend as well is playing a lot of Xbox too so <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile you're lots working. Of homes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know it was what else is there to do um, he should be making dinner Zoe while you're working he should be doing exactly <laughs> I'll get him on to that tonight. <laughs> you should definitely. In fact, put in a request as soon as we're finished. Email him, <laughs> or put a big put a big sign over the um over his uh, gaming screen, and just with what you'd like to have for dinner. 
Good luck. Let me know how you get on. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and finally, before we go, it's the Queen's 94th birthday today, which is very exciting. Do you know how oh, she's know. celebrating? Well, when we spoke earlier, the Queen and I know. Um, I, well, she won't be having her gun salute, which she traditionally has had. Um, she's had a gun salute for her birthday uh, for the last 68 years. That's not happening because she said it's not in keeping with the times. Obviously, um, she'll be having little Zoom conferences or video conferences with her grandchildren. We do know that. We've heard that. Otherwise, it'll be a very quiet birthday for the Queen at Windsor. You have to imagine, though, I was thinking about this this morning, She's probably quite liking having a bit of a break. You know, there's a lot of curtain openings and, and you know, cutting ribbons and shaking hands in her life. I mean, at 94, she works jolly hard. She must be actually quite liking, like the rest of us, popping on a tracksuit pants, although I imagine with her it would be a tweed skirt and a cardi, sitting around, <laughs> reading books, playing with the corgis, having nice cups of tea, watching Netflix and not worrying about the work she has to get done. I think that's what she deserves. I, I like to think of her, you know, having a good old chat with Philip and and we know they've got a couple of their key members of staff with them. Anyway, happy birthday to the Queen. Isn't she remarkable? Yes, she is. We're all wishing her all the best today, aren't we? We are indeed. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea Royals Monthly. On sale now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.